Good morning, everyone. Today, we are diving deeper into nutrition, the third step on the health hierarchy of needs. We're going to be talking about the five goals that we work with uh, implementing with our clients in order to build a superhuman physique and get in great shape. All that and more coming up. What's up, everyone? In case we haven't met, my name is Rad Burmeister. I'm the co-founder of Unity Gym and co-creator of the UMS, the Unified Movement System, where we turn driven people into superhumans. And the way we get such astonishing results with our members is that we've created a program that has a balance between strength, flexibility, and cardio. It's very unique. If you want to know how we do it, grab one of our free blueprints, the Flexibility, Strength, or Nutrition Blueprint. There's a link in the description of this video or podcast, wherever you're consuming this content. And uh, also, you're going to want to jump over to our Facebook group, the UMS Movement Mastermind, where we record these podcasts live, and you can ask questions and uh, join in the chat. So, uh, the last couple of weeks, we've been uh, we've been introducing the health hierarchy of needs, and if you don't know what that is, it's uh, it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but for health. And uh, basically, it goes uh, in order. First, we have motivation. First, we have to turn our spark, which is our goals, which gets us started. It's great to get us off the couch, but that spark has to turn into a burning desire. And only then will that motivation be enough to carry you through those uh, dark winter days and keep you uh, on track with your goals. Next, once we've got motivation covered, we have to build a healthy daily habit of exercise. Then we need to work on nutrition. Then we need to start building a great physique. And then we, from there, we move into movement mastery. So today we're talking about nutrition. Let's have a little look at who's on the stream first. I'm here by myself and I am absolutely cooked from that bloody leg workout that, we, that I just did. So... We've got Steve Kavanagh saying good morning. Good morning, Steve. Morning, Lee Clements. Morning, Jada. Morning, Yanni. Uh, tuning in from home. Morning, Katie McDonald. Morning to my beautiful wife, Alana, who's watching. Um, and yeah, that's it. That's all I can see. We've got a few more people in the stream, but they haven't uh, chimed in yet. So hope you guys are all doing well. Who joined in on that leg workout with me? I am. Uh, Mike did. I know Mike did. Uh, Grace Clements, how are you? Um, How's your legs, Mike? I'm wrecked. <laughs> All right, let's jump into this. So yesterday we spoke about, uh, I introduced nutrition and Yanni being the busy bee that he was, um, he's created, he's gone a little bit deeper and uh, written out what the five goals for, the, uh, for nutrition are for this step. And I'm just going to copy and paste them into the, uh, yeah, my wife's saying that my son is saying uh, good morning. Good morning, Keanu. How are you, buddy? There you are. Good morning, sweetheart. So let's have a look here. Okay. Um, here we go. Oh, it didn't. Okay. Well, you can, you can see what it is there. Um, so we've got, uh, first we've got learn how to eat to achieve a neutral calorie balance. Um, then we've got learn how to eat to maximize muscle protein synthesis. Then we've got learn how to eat to cultivate a balanced gut microbiome. And we've got learn how to eat to reduce or abolish systemic inflammation. And then we've got untether yourself from food and maximize cellular autophagy, um, practicing daily time-restricted e um, eating. And it looks like Yanni's written these in uh, order of difficulty. Yanni, do you want to chime in and let me know? Did you do that intentionally when I read that out? It looks to me like the way that I'd order those um, in order of difficulty, but you let me know. Uh, is that just random? So 
let's go from the top. And first, I'll say if anybody's got any questions, anybody has any questions to do with nutrition, um, put them in the comments and I'll answer them for you as soon as I can. But let's let's ha dive deeper into what these five goals are to really to really maximize your nutrition. And this is where it starts getting hard, guys. You know, the um, the motivation step is the easiest one, and it's the most critical one to get right at the start. The daily habit of exercise is, or the daily habit of movement is, uh, again, a little bit harder than motivation, but it is uh, much easier than this. Nutrition is where it starts getting hard. And if you don't get this right, then the fourth step, physique, building a, a, a healthy um, superhuman physique is going to be um, impossible. It really is. You're, you can get the look, you know, without having a healthy nutrition. Um, you know, a lot of bodybuilders do it, but uh, it's not necessarily healthy. And uh, we, we want uh, to be healthy. We want to focus on the way our body moves and feels before the way it looks and look at the way that it looks as just a natural side effect. Um, from that. So yes, Yanni's saying yes, he did do it in order. Good. Yep, I can see that. So the first step, the lowest lying fruit for the nutrition goals is to learn how to eat to achieve a neutral calorie balance. And what you're going to need for this is you're going to need to download one of the uh, apps that um, there's so many now. I mean, when I did this um, six or seven years ago, um, I was using Calorie King in Australia, which was the gold standard in Australia, but they didn't even have an app back then. I had to do it on a, on a computer, you know, on a, on a website. I don't know if Calorie King's got an app now, but um, in Australia, Calorie King um, is really good because they are the, um, I think, I can't remember exactly what it was, but they're either in direct um, correlation that like they work with the with the people that actually measure calories in Australia that are the, that are the doing the research to see how many calories are in what foods or they are the people that do it themselves so Yanni's saying bodybuilders all meticulously track and manage uh, and control calories yeah they absolutely do um, so yeah, it's, the, the first thing that you need to do is just to, like we're not saying that you need to go on a, on a calorie restricted diet. We're not saying that you need to, um, you, that, that this is a long-term plan for you to be tracking your calories and your macronutrients. But until you understand, until you, you, you learn to be able to look at food and know, okay, well that's a protein source or that's a fat source or that's a carbohydrate source or you know, that's majority carbohydrate there, or that's high glycemic carbohydrate, and that's low glycemic carbohydrate. Um, until you start to do that, and until you start to be able to look at certain foods and think, well, that's got a lot of calories in it, and I'm not getting a lot of nutritional value out of it, and, and you know, so on and so forth, you're going to struggle a lot. Because it wasn't until I did this that I started to be able to, like I really started questioning all of the things that I was putting in my body. Like I'd go to eat something or drink something and, and instead of just going, oh, that looks yummy, that's gonna you know, help me to feel better in this moment, I'd look at it and think, oh, you know, my body doesn't need that. And this is one of the critical things that uh, so many people are getting wrong. Um, so the best way to do it is to be, for, you know, go for, for one month, for four weeks, and be very, 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 um, very honest with yourself and very strict. Like every single thing that you consume, put it in the app so that you can have a look and go, whoa, look at that. That's how many calories I'm eating and that's how much protein, carbohydrate and fat 
I'm eating. Um, and you'll be able to start to develop a much healthier relationship with food once you do that, because after a very short amount of time, you won't need to just punch it in to have at least an idea of, you know, this is a good pro, th this meal um, has a lot of protein and it's going to give me the protein requirements that I need. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Yanni's saying uh, bodybuilders, not only do they meticulously track, manage, and control calories, they also nail point two. Um, so Yanni, Yanni wants me to share how I learned calories. Okay, I'll do that now, Yanni. So Yanni's saying, so point two, that they, um, which I'm going to talk about in a sec, is they learn how to maximize muscle protein synthesis. synthesis. They absolutely do nail point two. So how I learned how to track calories. I got out of the army. I'd been a personal trainer for about two or three years before going into the army, and I knew two-fifths of fuck all. Um, I really did. When I was a personal trainer in the first few years of my career, I was um, a joke at it. I had no idea what I was doing. I had no desire to become a good personal trainer. All it was was a job that I thought would give me more time to be able to do kung fu. Um, so I had put no focus into upskilling or getting better or anything. I went and joined the army to reevaluate. Well, in relation to this story, there's many reasons I joined the army, but what what relates to this story is to reevaluate what I wanted to do with my life. And when I got out, I decided, yes, I want a career as a personal trainer and with my brother to open a gym and with my friend Richard. And that made me go, well, I better bloody learn how to be a better personal trainer. So um, we, Yanni and I were talking about how can we serve our, our clients better, that no one was losing weight, everybody wanted to lose weight um, and they weren't, nobody was... Um, that, that wanted to build muscle was building muscle and so we we aligned ourselves with a place in sydney called measure up which is a dexa scan clinic um and they are the gold standard in australia jared mirkin a uh, friend of ours is the uh director and founder of measure up and he is the man that wrote the formulas that um all of the dexa scan clinics uh, around australia now use to um, you know, calculate resting metabolic rate um, and uh, um, macronutrient splits that are ideal for someone's body composition. And from there, we got our clients getting DEXA scans. And for the first time ever, people were being told, this is how many calories you need to eat to stay neutral, you know, and then if you're going to exercise and you're going to burn off um, you know, 400 calories in a workout, then this is how much you need to eat to stay neutral, so on and so forth. And the research shows that the sweet spot for losing, losing fat is no more than a 500 calorie deficit a day, which is a hell of a lot less than what a lot of people are trying to create, which is a whole nother, another issue. So what we did then was I, um, Yanni said, uh, I didn't have as much to do with running the business as Yanni did back then. And uh, I still don't. We, we both have very different roles in the business. Uh, and Yanni said, well, our clients need calorie controlled diets. Um, you're going to need to write them. And I had no idea how to do it. Um, and I said, I don't know how to do that. And he said, well, learn. <laughs> and so I reached out to a friend of ours, um, uh, Tony Bataji, who's got a PhD in metabolic research and a ma uh, master's degree in exercise sports science. And he, uh, and a, and a, deg a degree as a nutritionist. He's, a, he's an amazing dude. And he said, go to calorieking.com and start typing in everything that you need. And man, was it hard to get the right, you know, you'd look at foods and you think, yeah, I'm going to eat that, 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 eat that for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That looks nice. And then these for snacks. But then you'd look at it and there was like, you know, 
Um, 60% of it was fat or 80% of it was carbohydrate and only 15% of the calories were protein or whatever. Like it took so much work in tweaking these diets to become uh, something that had a, ba a good balance between carbohydrate, fat and protein. And then not only did I have to do that, I had to do that for diet plans from 1200 calories a day up to 2200 calories a day in 100 calorie increments so that when our clients could go and get a DEXA scan and um, they, they, their resting metabolic rate was 1389 calories a day, then I'd give them the 1400 calorie a day diet. So I learned very well, it took about six months to do that. I learned how to understand what macronutrients were in food and you know what calories were and you know uh, what kind of foods had more or less calories and all that stuff um, and it stayed with me um, for my life I don't need to do that anymore I um, I stay always at a healthy body composition I'm I can very easily tell if I need to eat a little bit more um, you know if I'm losing weight or putting on weight in the wrong spots and um, yeah it's, it's it's a very valuable thing to do. Um, what's Yanni saying? Yanni's saying should do it for a minimum of 14 days, but we recommend 28 days um, to really learn it. Yeah, absolutely. Minimum 14 days, but 28 days, you'll really understand it. Um, daily 500 calorie deficit should come from uh, 250 calories exercise displacement and 250 calories negative, cal negative calorie balance from food, which would equal 500 calories. Um, yeah, that's a really good point, which would mean if your resting metabolic rate was... 2,000 calories a day, um, you would want to do a workout that um, uh, burnt 250 calories a day, which is actually quite hard. Uh, that's like an hour of tough training. Uh, and then you would want to um, only, only eat 1,750 calories in that day to get your 500 calorie deficit. But that's for weight loss. That's a whole, whole nother story. Okay. So that is point number one in a nutshell. Let's move on to point number two. Point number two is learn how to maximize muscle protein synthesis. This is critical. If you don't understand this, you are going to struggle. And make no mistake, um, if you go to the gym and you lift weights or do calisthenics or anything that resembles resistance training, make no mistake, you are trying to build muscle. That is why you are doing it. Um, you want to be stronger and all these other things as well. But if you're just the layman and you don't have any specific goals, then make no mistake, the reason why you are at the gym doing resistance training is because you are trying to build muscle. Why? Some people might be saying, but I don't want to build muscle. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a lady and I don't want to have a bulky uh, man-like physique. And I respect that. I respect that we all have an idea of what we want to look like and some of us don't want to look like certain people. But... Once you're over the age of 35, you're fighting against nature to hold on to your muscle. Uh, your body naturally loses uh, its muscle mass on a yearly basis. I think, um, I think men lose muscle mass at 0.6% uh, of their total muscle mass every year after the age of 35, and women uh, lose about 0.9% of their total muscle mass every year. Um, yeah, it doesn't really matter in your 30s, maybe not in your 40s, maybe even your 50s, it won't really matter that much, but when you get into your 60s and your 70s, you're really gonna start to feel it. And the, the, the frailty that you see in people in their 70s and 80s is absolutely avoidable most of the time. Of course, okay, of course there's, Certain conditions which make up such a small, small, small percentage of people which are going to add different factors in here. 
But uh, yeah, you really, really, really want to make sure that you try and build as much muscle as you can when your body can do it easily so that you have a really good quality of life later on in life, okay? And I'm not talking about being a bodybuilder. You guys get to see me with my shirt off every day. Um, I may be lean and I may have good muscle mass compared to the average person, but I am not a bodybuilder. If you saw me stand next to a bodybuilder, I would look very small compared to them. So that's not what I'm talking about here. But what I'm talking about is trying to make sure that you have a good amount of muscle on your body and you understand that when, when you train, the training is only sending the signal to the body to build muscle. It's the way that you eat that causes the muscle to either be built or lost, okay? And if you're working out and you're not maximizing protein, muscle protein synthesis, it, it is likely that you actually are going to lose muscle because as you burn calories, but you're not replacing them with calories that have enough amino acids, like you know what protein is, that are going to allow you to build muscle, then often you'll lose muscle. And we've seen this so many times. We get our clients to get their DEXA scans done and they work really hard with us. They do the same program in the gym that everybody else does, but they're not getting their food right. And they go, oh man, I've lost eight kilos i'm so proud of myself and then they go and get a dexa scan and they've lost five kilos of muscle and three kilos of fat and you should see how disheartened some people get it is a really soul crushing experience when that happens um because man you don't want to be losing muscle you want to be losing fat if that's you know if, if you're overweight so um let's see. anybody said anything here that i need to know about um, Yanni, you tell me what apps should people use? Um, you tell me, man. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm talking on the show. Can you, can you look some up? Because I don't, I don't know what apps people should use these days. I don't know what's good and what's not. So the idea with muscle protein synthesis is that there's, you basically, there's, um, there's a lot of really good research now that shows that your body can only absorb a certain amount of protein every three-hour window. So basically every three hours they've found, it's not like, you know, the magic like when the second ticks over three hours, boom, it happens. It's just that roughly every three hours, your body can only absorb uh, X amount of protein. And that amount of protein is uh, about 0.4 in grams times your body weight in kilograms per three hour window. So for me, um, Richie, can you just get your calculator and do 90 times 0.4 for me? So let's have a look. I know that it's roughly about 40 grams, but I want to know what the exact calculation is. 36. 36, okay. So for me, last time I weighed myself, I was 89.7 or 89.4 kilograms. I think that's about 195 pounds or something like that. Um, so I, uh, So for me, my weight in kilograms, let's call it 90 kilograms times 0.4 equals 36 grams of protein, which means that every three hours, I can absorb about 36 grams of protein. So what you want to be doing is you want to be aware of the foods that you eat, that you're, that you're maximizing that muscle protein synthesis. So there's different ways to do it because I fast normally. Um, so I only eat for about an eight hour window. What I'll do is the moment my, my refeed window starts after my training session at lunchtime, I'll immediately have a protein shake that has about 36 grams of protein in it. And that is quite bioavailable, which allows, uh, which allows it to be absorbed into my body. It's pre-digested. It gets into your muscles very, very quickly. And I'll also eat a meal at the same time. Now, 
I won't get all of the protein that's that that I'm having there. Like there will be some of it that will be that will tip over that amount that my body um, can absorb, um, and it'll it'll just be burnt up as energy, or it'll be pissed out. Um, you know, it'll it'll give me some expensive piss, but I don't care because I want to get as I want to really maximize my muscle protein synthesis. But the food that I eat. Is the, the protein isn't as bioavailable. It needs to be digested in my body. So it's not actually going to be getting into my muscles until one or two hours later, okay, which is why I do that. Then I'll have uh, another protein shake um, about, you know, three or four hours after I had that first one. And then I'll usually have a really high protein snack, something like some eggs or like some boiled eggs or something um, in the afternoon before I go home. And then when I go home, I'll have dinner. Uh, and often I'll even have a, um, so I'll have two or three protein shakes in a day usually. So that's, an, you know, muscle protein synthesis is, it's one of those things that you need to really, really look into to start to understand, like you have to start using the app to track your calories, track your protein, figure out how much protein you're getting in these windows throughout the day. But the idea of understanding how to maximize muscle protein synthesis is the understanding that you can't, you can't backload protein. So... You can't eat a really high carbohydrate breakfast and high carbohydrate lunch and snack on fruit all day, which means you've had very little protein all day. And then in the evening, have a 300 gram steak and get, uh, you know, 90 or 120 grams of protein and, and think that you're backloading it and making up for all the protein you missed out on. It doesn't work that way. Your body will, no matter how much protein you have in that one meal, meal it will only absorb that um, certain amount, which for me is 36 grams. So that's a really, really important thing to understand. Um, and uh, yeah, even just these first two points on their own, those first two points, if you haven't really gotten your head around those two, it's, it's not even worth looking at the last three yet. Um, you really, you really need to get your head around this stuff because if you're not, then like you, you can train exactly the same way as the next person and the one per and, and if you're doing, if you're not getting these first two goals right. Um, so if you're not understanding calories and macronutrients and you're not understanding how to maximize muscle protein synthesis, you'll get a mediocre result. Keep training exactly the same way, exactly the same. Get these two goals right and your body will change so much. Within a month, you'll see a massive difference. You'll see a reduction in body fat and an increase in lean muscle, which will make you feel and move better and you'll look amazing it's a it's really really phenomenal how it happens so let's have a look uh yanni's listed the the five best calorie um counter websites and apps um that he's got here so he's got my fitness pal uh is number one lose it number two fat circuit number three number four is chronometer and uh, number five is spark people okay taken from google <laughs> and then he shared another one the eight best calorie counter apps um so uh yeah blakely harney's just saying my fitness pal is the way to go um who else is saying here um blakely's saying it always cracks me up hearing women say they don't want to get huge um as if you could curl some 10 pound dumbbells and just wake up huge as fuck one day i couldn't agree more blakely it's funny but you know everybody has their fears and i always laugh because i say man my genetics are geared towards putting on muscle like um you know almost as good as you can get of course there's some people that are going to have better genetics than me but i'm a man i'm at a good age and i'm a mesomorph so i put on muscle very very easily and i work my fucking ass off to put on the muscle that i've got 
to think that um, you know people who aren't genetically geared towards putting on muscle as well as I am are, are afraid of you know that they're going to put on muscle if they lift weights. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, but uh, but that's how it is. Uh, okay, so let's have a look at point number three. I've got to scroll back up here so that I can see it. Number three is learn how to cultivate a balanced gut microbiome. Eat natural whole foods. So this is a this is a really big one, and there's there's going to be a lot of um, there's going to be a lot of um, a lot to this one. It's something that you're moving into higher level stuff, and the reason why Yanni's put it as number three is because everything that we've said in in point number one and point number two doesn't actually really tell you what you can't eat yet. Uh, point number three does. Point number three, to cultivate a healthy gut microbiome, we start moving into the area of you need to now start eliminating this food and you need to start including more of this food. So at the, at the most basic level of a healthy gut microbiome is that you need to eliminate junk food. Like th there's a microbiome that lives in your gut. Um, so that's basically a whole, the microbiome refers to like a, a a, an ecosystem of bacteria and there's an insane amount of different types of bacteria um, living in the gut Yanni can you can you help me um, uh, out here I'm pretty sure it's like um, the average person has something like between 800 and 1400 so 800 to 1400 different types of bacteria living in the gut is that right um, I, I remember reading that in 10% human um, Let's have a look. Yanni, what are you saying agreed 10,000% to as well? Uh, I want to know what you're agreeing to. So um, b uh, basically the bacteria in your gut that you feed thrives. Bacteria actually only lives for about three days. So if you starve bacteria, it will die within three days. Um, you, I've been told or I've read um, in 10% Human that you can't ever completely eradicate a type of bacteria in your body or it's very very hard to at least but you can starve it so much that it is is not an issue and it happens very very quickly but that also works against you because the bacteria that are in your gut as they're starving they control your cravings which means that if you starve the bacteria you very very quickly crave the food that that bacteria thrives on so what we need to do is starve the bacteria that causes problems in the body. So chronic inflammation, um, systemic inflammation, um, and uh, you know a whole bunch of other terrible things. Um, and we need to feed the bacteria that, so that it thrives, that, uh, that uh, fosters good health. Because bacteria also, not only does it do harm to us, bacteria is also in, in our gut is also critical to digestion. Um, we the way that we digest our food is actually working symbiotically with the bacteria. The, the the bacteria eats certain parts of certain foods that we can't digest properly to allow us to get to the nutrients that we can digest properly. And if that bacteria isn't healthy, what happens is you can even be eating the right foods, but they'll pass through 
through your system only partially digested and you'll still get um, you'll, you'll still suffer from vitamin and mineral deficiencies um, even though you're eating the foods that are rich in those vitamins and minerals it's really really amazing um, and it's a really deep topic if you want to know more of it Yanni shared this book yesterday in the movement mastermind called 10% human um, by Alana someone um, but if you just google 10% human it'll come up um, and that's a really amazing book if you want to learn about the, uh, the uh, bacteria in the gut microbiome Yanni's saying uh, we know our gut is home to an enormous population of microorganisms the activity of these microorganisms modifies the chemical composition of the food we eat influencing how our bodies use it to produce energy and fight disease despite their microscopic size these tiny living things hold substantial sway over the body's major regulatory control systems including our metabolic immune and nervous systems and ultimately over our food choices and other behaviors absolutely they do uh, and Yanni's then added uh, nutritional ecology is the guiding framework for integrating research across the nutrition theme. Nutritional ecology considers the primary focus in nutrition to be the interface between the organism and the food environment. This is inspired by fundamental theory from biology, including evolutionary and ecological biology, and regulatory theory, cybernetics from behavior and physiology. Um, and then we've got a link here um, where it looks like where Yanni's got those quotes from. So yeah, so that's point number three is to uh, build a healthy gut microbiome. So then we want to move on to point number four, which is learn how to eat to reduce or abolish systemic inflammation. And again, this is another big one. Um, it, it, it does start in the gut. So once you've um, point number, a lot of point number four will be taken care of if you if you really take care of point number three. So if you if you cultivate a healthy gut microbiome and you starve the bacteria in your gut that cause problems, you will um, often take care of point number four. The inflammation, the chronic inflammation that you'll be suffering from um, will, will often uh, be gone. Um, but again, it's another thing that you want to look into and it's something that you can learn about really easily if you just Google chronic inflammation and, uh, and have a look at it. And then the last point, um, which is this is the one that Yanni and I um, have been, you know, really, really jumping on board with in the last couple of years is to untether yourself from food and maximize cellular autophagy by practicing daily time restricted eating. So, yeah, Yanni's saying points three and four tying together big time. They really do. If you get point three right, you'll almost guaranteed get point four right as well. So, um, the uh, Richie. Can you just help this gentleman out here? I'm pretty sure he's here to have a chat to me. Um, just tell him to wait. Um, so yeah, point three and four tying together big time. They really are. But we have to we have to say point four because it is something that you do have to actively um, pursue as well. For me, point four is the biggest thing that I'm working on at the moment. It is the it is the number one thing that I'm that I'm. Uh, leveling up is to reduce systemic inflammation. And point number five, to, so to, to untether yourself from the need for food is it's about, um, um, it, it's time-restricted eating, which a lot of people call intermittent fasting, but it's actually not intermittent fasting. A fast is actually only begins once you go 24 hours without food. So unless you're going 24 hours without food, then um, 
it's not uh, it's not actually a fast. Um, and it depends who you speak to. Like 24 hours without food is really, really good for a whole lot of health reasons. Um, but I've heard that it's not so good for maintaining muscle mass and building muscle. Um, you do get to a point, um, you know, after about 16 hours where if you're not eating food that you are going to uh, work against your, your, your efforts to try and build muscle. Um, but doing a, a daily uh, time-restricted eating window of 16-8, meaning you don't eat for 16 hours and you only eat for eight hours, has a hell of a lot of health benefits. Um, and it, even if you forget the health benefits, where if you Google you know, time-restricted eating autophagy, um, you can learn all about it. But what it also does is it creates a really different relationship with food. You know, people go, um, you know, people talk about, oh man, I really need some food. And th that's a real, that's a, that's a real misunderstanding of, of what's actually going on. You know, if you ate yesterday, the day before or the day before, I guarantee you, you don't need food. You don't need it. Um, we are designed to go for long periods of time without eating. And we actually, um, our senses become heightened. Our reflexes become heightened. Our reactions become heightened where, when we're in a fasted state. Um, and we're designed that way um, because that's the time when we need to be able to hunt and we need to be fast and we need to get out there and catch some food. And a really good, uh, my favorite analogy for this is um, look at a lion. You know, there's so much footage of lions um, that you can find um, from these decades of documentaries. But look at a lion when it's just eaten a meal and it looks like you could walk up to it and, you know, kick dirt on it and it kind of go, Rah, and like, that'd be it. But then look at a lion when it decides to get up and go for a hunt and when it's actually hunting and the look in its eyes, it looks like it would cut through you, you know, like they are so sharp and they're so switched on. Um, and that's what you'll find happens to you when you're in that fasted state, when you're in that, like I, um, I train right at the end of my fasting um, period and then I eat after that. And man, am I switched on. Like on the days that every now and then I'll eat in the morning, like on the weekends. Um, and when I do that, I immediately go into this uh, kind of a you know, slumpy state. It's, it's really amazing how it works. Um, Yanni's saying point number five is essential. Doesn't need to be fasting or time-restricted eating. Just daily cognitive restraint, abstinence from food, embrace hunger, embrace discomfort. That, that's so true. Um, that's the other you know, amazing thing about this time-restricted eating thing. You know, it doesn't have to be 16 hours and eight hours or you know, 12 hours and 12 hours. But the idea of understanding that you don't just eat just because you feel hungry. Um, that's what, you know, it's this old saying, right? If you want something that you've never had, you've got to do something that you've never done. And people say, oh man, I, you know, I just can't get past, you know, you know, that, that, those hunger cravings that I have mid morning, you know, I just need to have a little something to get me through. Bullshit. You can't, you just haven't trained yourself to do it. And it's like anything. Yeah. You're going to go through a period of real discomfort when you learn to untether yourself from food to, to, to say no to those hunger, hunger pains the, for the first few weeks, maybe even months, is a really, really hard thing to do. But if you don't, well, nothing's going to change. You know, if you don't change anything, nothing's going to change for you. So you need to develop this different uh, relationship with, with food. Yanni's saying 16-8 is quite doable. It absolutely is. You know, 16-8, what it actually looks like... Um, it just means that, you know, if you eat dinner at 7 and you finish eating dinner at 7 p.m., uh, it means that you eat your first meal at 11 a.m. So 
Think about that. You wake up in the morning, you have a black coffee instead of a coffee with milk or sugar or anything like that, or a black um, tea. And then you just have water up until 11 and then you can eat at 11 a.m. Like, is it that bad, you know, to just miss out on, on that breakfast? Um, I remember it was very hard for me to do when I started doing it, but it becomes pretty easy. So um, Yanni's here saying the two key elements to all successful diets, um, P-E-R-I-D, are one, practice daily cognitive restraint. Two, track calories or macros. Uh, no diet has ever been successful if it lacks either of these. That's absolutely right. Um, and then he's saying period. Um, that's absolutely right. If you don't uh, practice daily cognitive restraint and you don't track your calories or macros, um, your diet will fail, guaranteed. And if you think it won't, um, you're literally trying to beat the thousands and thousands of studies that have been done on millions of people um, over decades. Uh, it's been proven over and over again that if you don't practice daily cognitive restraint and track calories, uh, your diet will fail. Um, so, yeah, Lee's saying emotional eating, yeah. Now, listen, I'm just going to wrap this up by saying everything that we've said just then um, is something that if you're not doing it and you decide I am going to embark on this journey, you need to strap yourself in for several months of some discomfort, major discomfort, um, social awkwardness. Um, you, you will go through a period where your social circles will be making fun of you. It's and not, and I'm not talking you. I'm not talking about like that. I'm talking about people don't get it. People do not get what you're trying to do, and everybody wants to keep you at their level. So your friends will be saying things to you like, "Oh man, come on, it's Friday night. Like who cares? It's just a drink, or it's you know, it's just it's just one meal." But when you're trying to clean your health up, there's always one meal. You're going to go and see different friends tomorrow night and they're going to say the same thing to you. So you're going to go through discomfort in your social circle. You're going to go through physical discomfort. You're going to go through mental and emotional discomfort. It's a very, very challenging thing. And it is as hard as a drug addict coming off drugs. It is, or an alcoholic coming off alcohol. And for a lot of you, that, that's going to be you. you. You would be classified as an alcoholic and you need to come off alcohol. A lot of people get really offended when I say that. But if you're drinking alcohol daily, even if it's one or two glasses, uh, and that's what you use as a way to wind down, um, that's a category of alcoholism. Um, so yeah, this point, number three, is a tough one to get your head around. And if you don't have number one in check, if your motivation isn't a burning desire, if you don't have those affirmations written out, if you don't have your vision board, if you're not meditating daily, if you're not reminding yourself every single day, first thing in the morning and last thing at night while you're doing this, it's not going to be strong enough when Friday night comes around and someone offers you a glass of wine and you have that first glass of wine and then all bets are off. All bets are off. You're going to be in that great mood. And it doesn't matter what comes out in front of you. You're going to tell yourself, ah, it doesn't matter. It's just one night. And um, that's what everybody does. So, yeah, that's it. Um, so Steve's saying hunger craving only lasts a few minutes. Yeah, that's absolutely right. A drink of uh, water or green tea, etc., distracts you. Uh, when busy, you can forget to eat. Boredom and emotion is the main reason why we eat. That's absolutely right. Um, 
Uh, Grace Clements is saying caffeine in coffee and tea binds uh, ghrelin, which is what makes you feel hungry. Um, why caffeinated drinks are so good at delaying hunger. Yeah, that's right. Um, Yanni is saying this is why step one is finding the burning desire. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, learning to disassociate from thoughts, feeling and emotions is an essential step. Jade is saying water usually does the trick for me as well. And Grace Clements saying, and uh, if it's not daily and you have more than two drinks in a session, you're a binge drinker. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Which pretty much makes everyone in Australia a binge drinker. I don't know what it's like everywhere else in the world. <laughs> um, yeah, look, it's absolutely true, guys. This is uh, for those of us that are doing this. Like if somebody says to me, man, God, look at the way you eat. Like it's, it's ridiculous. Is it hard? No, it's not hard at all. It's actually really, really easy. Was it hard to switch from the way I used to eat to the way that I eat now? It's probably one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Without a doubt, probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. Is it hard now? No, one of the easiest things I do. It's just a habit. You change who you are. You change your goals. You change, you move the goalposts. You, you, you know, you, you set your goals into a different spot and it becomes easy. Um, you have to change your social habits. Um, that's one of the hardest things for people is to understand that you have to change your social habits. Um, do I regret it? Do I feel like I'm missing out on anything? Absolutely not. I wouldn't do it if I did. I'd, I'd do something else. I'm not going to do anything that makes me feel like I'm missing out on anything. On the contrary, if I eat shit food, I feel like I'm missing out on something. I'm missing out on getting the body that I want. I'm missing out on achieving the goals that I want in my training, in my business, in my relationship, in my mind, you know. So yeah, guys, um, tomorrow we're going to be going into the UMS online coaching group to go deeper into this. So any of our UMS online coaching members, um, get your questions into that group and we'll go deeper and uh thursday we'll do that for the unity gym tribe group and then on friday we'll be back here for physio friday so until then well rather until tomorrow for the straight arm scapular strength workout at 7 a.m sydney time have a great day everyone start thinking about your food choices start thinking about how you can implement this and how you can change your lives Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. The gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.